In this episode of the Real Talk show, I have with me Alvaro Moya, founder at Lida.co. Alvaro is an experienced CTO, a tech leader, a startup mentor, and an investor as well. His startup Lida.co is an ecosystem for seasoned tech leaders. Lida doesn't specifically provides you a path to follow, but it definitely gives you a tool set where you can design your own path. and where you and your team will learn the most critical skills required to succeed at leading tech teams in this episode alvaro talks about what it actually means to creating great work cultures at organizations how ceos ctos and all the top level executives should try and build effective communication channels for their teams for their employees if you're someone who is starting your own venture or even if you have started your own venture and want to build an ecosystem where your employees feel valued and where they have enough space to explore themselves then there's a lot to learn from this particular podcast if you like it please support us by sharing this episode you can also listen to the audio version of the podcast on spotify and now presenting before you alvaro moya on the real talk show hi alvaro and i hope you are doing good and thank you for taking out time making this possible so how you, how you have been and like what 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 have you been doing these days well uh, these days is for me half holidays i have been in my in my original town in madrid uh, visiting the family having birthdays visiting friends you know great uh, great great a bit under control uh, with this uh, covid nightmare but uh, at least uh, being able to see some of the most important people in my life great 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 so in this conversation today we would be mostly talking about tech leadership and your role as a tech leader and what are what are your experiences and learnings as a tech leader and if you could drill down some useful and some some exciting content out of it that would be really awesome i would straight away like to begin with so in the contemporary world technology is something on which a lot of things depend a lot of businesses depend on technology and your role as a cto defines how efficiently and how effectively uh, your organization and your teams your tech team is going to implement the technology now when i personally entered into my college and everything in the startup world was a bit of jargon for me i really did not understand completely that what actually was a role that a cto plays so since you are someone who has been a cto who has been mentoring organizations and helping them bring out their best at the technology front i would like to bring this question to you who is a cto and what are the powers and responsibilities that come along with the tag of cto that's a great question and i actually encourage others to help us define and, and have a certain definition because it's very difficult it depends a lot on not only the industry but especially the stage of the company right so mm-hmm. at the end kind of the generic approach the generic definition is that is the the responsible for everything related to the technic technological strategy some companies uh use technology uh, heavily but is is more or less like like a facility but more and more companies especially startups uh, mostly 100% of them but there's uh, other companies now with this uh digital adoption especially after covid have seen technology as as a core as a core area of of the company so the role is already shifting as well the the definition with the times but i would say that generally speaking is like the the maximum authority the maximum responsible of of this uh, technological strategy okay 
so when when we were talking on linkedin and we were having our conversation you said that you were you were very much into tech leadership and you wish and you want that the middle management between a cto and the tech teams should be improved and should be worked upon now when you refer to tech leadership uh, what exactly does tech leadership means and is it something different from a general leadership role or what attributes does a tech leadership defines what are the parameters that a tech leadership encloses within that definition and is there is a certain skill or certain parameters that one could use to become a tech leader or to know what actually is tech leadership so tech leadership is is much much like the 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 the, the leadership in other roles but the thing that makes it different is that the context and the scenario is different because tech is a discipline that is very creative and the way we work in tech is very very different to many other uh, departments or or business units like uh, sales or marketing so you need to understand that there is a different context and you also need to understand that the people inside tech are a bit different. So we have been trained different. We have been uh, raised uh, a bit different. And the way we work is so different to, to others. You need to navigate that differences. So that, for me, the, the main difference between tech leadership, as it is, or leadership in, in another department or general leadership like the CEO of a company or the entrepreneur, right? Mm. So not a lot of differences, but uh, it plays a key role in which are the strategies how you need to proceed with those strategies because the people that are going to receive uh, every single every single communication, it's that different person that you need to really know to understand and to satisfy their needs and motivation into the team. So that's why for me, tech leadership is a bit different. Since we started this venture, NFT, it's been a year and it's it's not been a very comfortable one. The journey hasn't been very comfortable in terms of team building. Because uh, any team which you're building, it has to have the same values. If not completely, the thought process needs to be same, but it should still have the same core values. The team, the core team should have share the values. And it hasn't been really, really comfortable journey for us. Now, since you are someone who has been dealing with all these leadership stuffs, one thing which I personally have a challenge in dealing with is when I am I am interacting with with my team members. I find a dilemma between drawing a line when I'm acting as a leader and when when I'm acting as a boss. So since you're someone who has been into this leadership role, is there a way to ensure or how do you personally go about this that you ensure that you draw a clear line between being a boss and being a leader? For me, there is not a difference between roles. I mean... It's not that uh, with a certain action, you are a leader. Another action is you are a boss. You can be just a boss or you can be a leader of your team if the, t- if the team chooses to follow you. So at the end, it's mm. not uh, like uh, putting a line between some certain actions. I have to behave like a leader. Some other times I need to behave like a boss. For me, that core values define how we are going to be working together. I'm, I'm very, very explicit from the beginning of the relationship that this is the expectation from my side. And which could be the expectation from the other side about me working with them, right? So I leave this very, very clear. For example, I will do everything. It's on my hands in order to make that person succeed. This is one of my one of one of the things I want to make it clear since even the first interview. So they know why they should choose to be with me in my team, other than working with X technology or Y framework. 
other than the great vision two years from now related to the company, which is other, uh, another one of the things that I, I really make it clear from the beginning. But generally speaking, what I try is that the people that is going to start working with me knows as much as possible how it's going to be. Mm. So they understand that there would be parts that will be easier, others more difficult, but I'm not going to, be, uh, to make a distinction. I'm, this, I'm the same one. I expect them to help me with feedback, to move from boss to leader, because I am not just a smart guy that knows how to do it. I need continuous feedback from them to know where I'm missing the point or where, where I'm really failing at. And that's it what I do. Not really differentiating, but being very clear about the expectation from the beginning. Uh, great. This also brings me to another dilemma that I personally face. And that is, I really don't understand the right balance that I should have with my team members or the exact balance that should be maintained with my team members. How do you personally go about this or how do you ensure that you are actually maintaining a correct balance with your teams? You mean about time management? So how much time do you dedicate to the team? Uh, in, in terms of time management, in terms of in terms of the com uh, communication channels that how much open you are being to the team or how yeah. how openly teams are discussing their stuffs with you. So, yeah. Yeah, I try, I try to make it as, as open as possible. And one of my principles, given that I want to have high-performing teams, I know how dependent it's this, this principle, this, this kind of way of operating from autonomy, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to give them as much autonomy as possible. So they have a blank sheet for what they have to do as much as possible. So the boundaries, there are boundaries. I try to explain them clearly, but in my role, I try to make those boundaries as far as possible from them so they even don't see them. Uh, and they have that freedom to decide, that, that freedom to operate, and they feel valuable because they are making decisions. They are not just executing what someone else is uh, decided, right? So this is what I this is what I try to do to keep the to keep the balance. This is the first thing because that means that they will come to me when they need help because they or they are already empowered. It's like this is your your area and I will be here to be with you on a regular basis. But in case you need something else, something else rather than just discussing about the career or uh, the goals, it's more about hey, I need help. I want you to be proactive to ask for help. Otherwise. I cannot trust that when there is a block in the in the road, you will ask for help to the team. Mm. This is kind of the behavior I, I expect in the team. And that makes it like less relevant how I treat the balance because they will balance me if I am missing time with some of them. They will come to me to say if they need it mm. or not. Also, you said that creating a communication channel that actually allows your team members to approach you very conveniently and very easily so that they could they could easily communicate their blockages whatever they are facing or any kind of stuff that they want to discuss with you but there are certain times when when employees or when your team members are really very much comfortable in discussing their blockages maybe the reasons could be as trivial as that you are too much occupied and they think that it would consume your time or they, they could feel that uh, the stuff they are having the blockage upon is quite trivial for you to discuss with so these are these are certain certain things where even after creating effective and open communication channel your team members can face or may may have problems in communicating with you effectively now in such cases what do you suggest from the other side of the window if you were on the team roles if you were reporting to someone or if you had a manager or if you had a CTO to report 
what what would you think of as an employee or as someone who has to report to someone what mindset should these people have when they are facing such a situation or what kind of approaches these people should take so that they could communicate themselves easily to someone whom they are reporting to anyone who they are reporting in general yeah kind of complaining about that right like mm. like raising awareness that they are not being supported enough the reality is that this is one of the most uh, probable cases that someone is leaving the company it's not about the company it's about the boss and and the first thing that the boss needs to put here it's uh it's about enough communication with the person right this is setting the environment is one of the most important things on, on the environment that at the same time is one of the three key areas for someone to be happy at work, right? The role, the environment, the, the development opportunity. So giving time is fundamental, is the first thing. And from the CTO role, what I try to do is that they have that time and they understand in these initial expectations that my role is to take care of them, make mm-hmm. them achieve the goals. I'm just a merchant later between the business goals and the people that is executing, right? Uh, and my role is to prepare the team, prepare that environment to be the better environment possible, the best environment possible for them to to achieve the goals um, effectively and efficiently. And having said that, on the other side, what I what I find is just that they raise the hand. This is the most important part. And what I expect uh, is that when they raise the hand, they not just come like complaining with a problem, but they come with a problem and as well at least I don't know one or a couple of of solutions that may may solve that that problem but they need to really think about the solution right I, i want them to be problem solvers and this way the person on the other side is much easier for them to say yes because it's, it's lowering the barrier it's lowering the cognitive load and the effort that the person has to do so it's like hey mm. i have found this problem in the company in in this case is our relationship i think that because of my current work we don't spend enough time and we see that in the meetings we have the feedback i gave about the or reporting about that is is often too late or is delaying the processes so i would suggest having kind of no half an hour for a coffee you know on on tuesdays i have seen your calendar it's it's mostly free that time does it work for you or if not I would propose then that we are having like asynchronous communication over Slack a bit more frequently. Does mm-hmm. it work for you? Any of those? They are just choosing, not making up or coming up with a solution as the boss, as the manager, as the superhero for everyone in the in the kindergarten that uh, are not able to to really solve solve their lives, but rather just as a facilitator, as an enabler, right? They are coming with solutions. You just need to choose to support their growth, to support them to overcome the challenges they are facing. And if that challenge depends on you involving more time, it's the same as if they need approval for buying a new tool. At the end, it's just your role there to enable it. Great. How an organization performs depends very much on the culture and the fundamentals that a company is following. And then what are the fundamentals and the culture that a company is building can be very clearly depicted how the employees are performing or what what is the happiness index of the employees because that would be clearly depicted in the work they do now how do you think from being someone who is running organizations who is acting as a leader for organizations how do you think organizations sh- should ensure that this kind of a positive and happy ecosystem is created so that every employee and every member of the organization works to their greatest potential For me it's thinking really personally about every single member of that team and providing the role they want the, mm. the environment they they require to do their, their best job ever 
and the development opportunities they are pursuing. Hmm. But the employee has to be the one defining it, defining it. So the organization has to really be willing to hear them, demonstrate that they are taking care of them, that they are important, they are the important part of the of the discussion, and putting them in the middle. And then asking openly, hey, what should I do as an organization to make your life easier? to make you happy at work in terms of which is the role, how is the role you are looking for, how is the, the schedule, how much flexibility you expect from that, from this environment, which people do you want to work with, what are you expecting from your teammates, which is the relationship you are expecting from them, uh, and then from the development opportunities to be seen as someone really important in the company. So the company is actively investing in them, providing opportunities, learning opportunities, growth, new new positions that are discussed with them. So it's this kind of symbiosis, right? Uh, um, the employee mm. takes care of the company and make the, the company grows because they are setting the objectives for him or her, but because of the company is taking care of him or her first. Mm. So for me, the company has to give first. Uh, this is my, my, my piece of advice. The company gives first, the person, the employee feels important, feels valued, and then the employee is going to do everything else to really uh, get the most out of the opportunity and, and give their, their 100%, but they need to feel that this 100% is going to matter to the employer. Right. Mm-hmm. And they really have to want to, to give it. Right. Not, not thinking that they are just doing more in that uh, in that relationship. Right. There has to be a balance. And for me, the balance is easily achieved if you are taking care of them personally on a personal level. Cool. With this, uh, this would be the last question that I would be putting you for this podcast. And this question is all the more obvious because of this work from home culture due to the COVID times. How does an employee should ensure is that they themselves are taking care of themselves and they are not losing their balance, their work-life balance when they are working from home? Because this is something which I personally think is not very much addressed, especially in the corporate world where everyone is hustling and everyone has the mindset of just working around the clock 24-7. So this is something which needs to be addressed because this would ultimately affect the organization and the growth of the organization because everything depends on how an employee performs. To what level an employee is willing to contribute and how efficiently they are contributing. And that would only be possible when the employee them employees themselves are taking good care and with good care i mean everything there should be a proper balance of their personal life they should be taking a proper care of their mental health they should be they should be having a balanced diet a healthy diet everything that should be taken care what what do you think that how should an employee take care of themselves in scenarios like this where messing up with your work-life balance is quite, quite easy and becoming quite normal? For me, it's an integral part of the life at work. So I treat it as, as that. I mean, I, uh, as well as I encourage them to read the next uh, big book about uh, practices in best practices in microservices, I am encouraging them to have this healthy diet. This is the first thing. So for me, it's integral. Uh, and it's a topic that is discussed. It's actively discussed. It's on the it's on the conversations every day as it is the next uh, planning session or the next demo day, right? And the second thing I do, it's uh, giving example first. You can you cannot commit, uh, you cannot make them commit to, to new habits uh, if you are not the first uh, trying to do it, right? It's like, hey, you, you don't have to smoke and you are the first smoking. So that's why exactly. leaders have to really take care of that wellness balance, the first one. I don't mean healthy diet, exercise, 
um, proper sleep. That's of course. I mean, it's your engine. Uh, you are the first one that should be a healthy diet, exercise, proper sleep. That's of course. I mean, it's your engine. Uh, you are the first one that should be uh, encouraged to take care of the of the engine, not because of the organization, but because of you. You are not going to do a, your best job ever if your engine is obsolete or is uh, broken, right? On the other side, not only that part, more physical health, but you mentioned it, right? Like mental health, proper disconnection, proper proper balance between your leisure time and mm. your work time. So here I encourage and try to adopt uh, the best practices I can that work for me and also leaving them room to implement their own practices if, if, it, uh, if it's uh, fitting better for them. For example, for me, flexible schedule works awesome right it's one of the most important things for me because i don't care to work at 10 t- at 10 p.m mm. but mm. if next day i need to go surfing at 8 a.m because there are some waves i would love to be able to do that or going to the hairdresser or taking uh, a plane on thursday because it's 100 cheaper than no 50 percent cheaper than doing on on friday i want to have this freedom so i mm. give this freedom but if someone has another sense, another feeling for having this wellness balance, they can do it. They don't need to ask. I just believe that they will act with common sense. So they just need to share with uh, with me, with us, with the team. So maybe that practice can be onboarded properly for more people, right? That believe that uh, this is hel- this is helping. So at the end, just uh, as a summary, um, giving by example, having it as an integral part of their life uh, at work. So it's part of the conversations, part of the recommendations, part of the documentation, part of the onboarding as well. And the final point is micro habits is the way to do it. So uh, this is what I encourage so they can stick to the habits uh, easier, like um, Mm -hmm. having a five minutes uh, breathing session, for example, in in my training sessions, in my mentoring programs, having that at the beginning can make them understand how important it is to disconnect from the previous day at work and then really connecting and being focused and being in the community during the mentoring program. So then maybe if they see that this is useful, they can migrate this new practice to a daily basis, right? So doing it before an important meeting, doing it before going to work or before sitting on the table uh, if if you are uh, working from home. So I, I, I just believe in the power of micro habits, uh, and this is the way I make them stick to, to those new practices, new, new behaviors, because this is what worked for me in a way that the improvements were exponential and were just small things doing every single day consistently, one day, one week, one month, one year, two years, three years. That's amazing. Great. Uh, well, that was a great conversation, Alvaro, and I hope you enjoyed this and Thanks a lot for doing this, man. Thanks a lot. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, for these uh, interesting questions and hope to see you soon. Great. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care.